2: Welcome to the Pulp Wrap-Up Show. This is Darkseid from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board guts racing michelin bicycle tires seal savers and motorsport.com i appreciate all the help and support from those great companies so please use them and support them also feel free to reach out with questions comments or critiques by emailing me darkside at dot all right let's wrap this thing up this show may not be for everyone i feel like
3: it's easier to get, get into the white house in here here we go. The fans that are pro OEM and they don't care about the riders are fucking bizarre to me. I feel like those people are weird. Is that
4: uh, the one where they, they rip through the woods and stuff? Yeah,
3: yeah. GNCC, yeah.
5: You know, next day I called Alex. He said, yeah, you know, kind of makes sense. And this and that. And then boom, he's fucking staying at my house. Oh. That's a little dude to handle the, that big bike. Try not to watch K because it scares the shit out of me. So,
3: <laughs> I love getting on a plane yeah. and flying across the country for no reason.
4: <laughs> fucking cheese, dig radio. You're not on hold to an elevator fucking tone. Like, have you ever
3: been on hold for your show? No, Probably. I think so. It, there's no tone.
4: Yeah. You just hear you. Yeah, they like the kids.
3: Yes, nice. I like wow. it. Also, uh, bets. Looking forward to bets. The Chris bets halftime. I just with want. You. Let me do
4: a lap or something.
3: So these questions are submitted by a Swiss Corps Are you familiar with him? At all? Yeah. What happened to the other guy? Uh, I think he died. Uh,
4: I am mean, I'm definitely uh, not speed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could the, stand the, up and wipe my ass with the ball and still throw you
3: out. Uh, the money just raining down on AP to wear helmets. <laughs> Nerd support. store called. Yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah. want you guys back.
2: Yep. So, Anyone on hold for baseball questions?
3: No, 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 not yet.
2: Once again, we're back to wrap up another episode of the Janky Pulpamec Show. So much to talk about this week, including late employees, doubling some audio, music playing during the commercial breaks, a race tech rant that I'm really excited to talk about, and even some motocross stuff. Not as much as you might think, but we're going to get to it. But first, my guests tonight. First up, he was in studio a couple weeks ago from SGB Honda. Brought to you by Guts Racing, Cade Clayson. What's up, Cade?
6: ah boys i'm happy to be here thanks for having me of course you would bring me by bring me in by a sponsor that i no longer use but that is the steve mathis in you
2: well it's hey man i mean do you use michelin bicycle tires or seal savers no so okay i don't have any sponsors that you use apparently so that's not good (laughs) looking for your season
6: go ahead andy andy's great i love andy andy's the best best. I i can't complain
2: Next up, he's a listener's favorite co-host, many listeners' favorite co-host from Race Tech. Brought to you by Michelin bicycle tires. Checkers, what up, dude?
7: I'm doing well, and I do use Guts Racing. And if I actually trained off of the dirt bike, I would have Michelin bicycle tires.
2: Yeah, and I, like Cade said, man. I mean, you look. We all love Guts Racing, but you know, he's got a team deal right now. And if they don't use Guts, that's that's just the way it goes. That's okay. Not everybody, not everybody uses the best. Cade.
6: If you say so, whatever, you know, I, I, uh, you, you don't know what I'm doing.
2: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Obviously, I'm Darkseid from the Moto X-Pod show, and I'm brought to you by Steel Savers tonight. We're here to discuss show 481 with Kellen Brower and Chris Betts in studio. Aaron Plessinger, Phil Nicoletti, Eric Pernard, Jay Reynolds from Hoosier Arena Cross, and even Adam Cirillo are on the line sometime during the night. Uh, look, guys, Steve called it a few times. A shit show Monday night, and at times he was not wrong. Like I said, Tits was late. In my opinion, way too much baseball talk. Uh, a YouTube comment said about the co-host, two guests that have never raced, great radio, which I do not totally agree with that one at all, but let's go to you first, Checkers. Man, Um, the show as a whole, some issues, but all part of the fun of the show. It always comes together in the end.
7: Yeah, I mean, it was a list of really, really good guests. How can you not have a good show, and you have AP on. He's always fantastic to listen to. Um, we got Phil back, and honestly, it was probably one of the better Phil interviews in a while. And then yep. um, the the adding in AC, I, I actually really liked the show. Um, I, I've i known Kellen for, for a long, long time, um, back before he even started Start Your Systems, pretty much. Um, I've known Kellen, so... Uh, I know how much he knows about the sport, how closely he follows it. So I always look forward to, to hearing his opinion. He's very um, concise with his opinions too. There's no waffling JT style on that. Um, and Betts is always entertaining. It did take him a while to get warmed up, but once the call count started going up, it got much better for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, Cade, I, first, I like how Checker says opinion. Uh, that's, that's probably the proper way to pronounce it instead of lazy opinion. But I, I like that. But um, yeah, let's talk about the co-host, Cade, because – yeah, they neither one of them race, but like you said, Kellen's super, super knowledgeable. And then I like having a guy like Chris in who isn't super knowledgeable, he, but he loves the sport. He doesn't know a lot about it. I mean, I don't know. I like having him in every once in a while because I think it's really entertaining.
6: Yeah, I think I've said this before. I think uh, Chris brings an interesting side to things. Like sometimes uh, he was in one time with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, used to run the Traders team runs a place there in Vegas now. Super, super knowledge. Skip, Norfolk. Oh, yeah, Skip, yeah. And uh, they were in together, and that show, like, it was awesome because Skip would bring a super knowledgeable answer to, like, a very simple question that Chris might have. And it, it was some, something similar to that this time, even though it was an off-season race. So um, having Chris in is always, uh you know, you get a different side of it. Instead of having two experts, you maybe have two experts and a beginner who can maybe dumb things down sometimes for the average listeners. You may not know exactly what's going on. And yeah. Kellen. Yeah. I think Kellen brings awesome questions to the table. Um, he has a super interesting side to it as well. Um, so yeah, I think the co cohost uh, did a great job, um, but I do think the show was started out as a shit show. Um, it definitely got better as it went on. I, I was laughing. I think that's two shit show shows in a row.
2: Well, there's been a lot of shit show aspects in the last since he's moved to the new house. Really, he's had a lot of issues Um, like the guy that YouTube comment, though, like you can say weeds. I mean, weeds really hasn't ever raced. I mean, I don't think he's ever raced a motocross. He's probably done some GNCC stuff, but I don't think that matters. Checkers for a co-host in studio. I just don't. I mean, if you love the sport and you can talk about the sport, if you can bench race, you know, fairly coherently, I, I think you can make a good guest.
7: Well, absolutely, and you can't say Kellen hasn't raced. He's raced the dirt bike. He hasn't raced at a high level, yeah. but he's definitely raced, and he's been around the sport his entire life, Yep. and maybe he didn't have the talent on the bike, but he still knows. He probably knows more about the history. Well, I know he knows more about the history than most riders do because he's sat and studied it, and then being an off-season show where they're going to talk about GPs and stuff like that, like, Kellen not only knows the AMA side, but he knows the GP side. He's pretty knowledgeable, even on the amateur side. He's really well-rounded, and the one thing that Beck brings to the table is he's not a professional motocrosser, but he's part of other professional mainstream sport. Right. And sure. so and deals with high level athletes all the time. And I really enjoy that he puts into perspective, just how gnarly motocross is. And I feel like as a hardcore fan and a pulp, pulp listener, a lot of times we take for granted just how gnarly these guys are. Um, and it's really awesome. When there's a guy like say Cade was on the show, he has so much respect for him. And in baseball, Kate would be making millions of dollars and awesome. And Bets is like, dude, we don't respect that motto. It's so stupid when, you know, he's out there in and being gnarly. So I always um, enjoy that aspect of Beth beyond the entertainment part.
2: I, I agree. And like I think on a past show he talked about injuries and how gnarly you the you know, guys like Kate are they go race with these injuries and like in baseball, there's not a chance that would happen. So he definitely has a lot of respect for the sport. So it's cool. Uh, The baseball side, right? This is Steve's show. He's always said, I can do what I want. Uh, If he wants to talk about hockey, he's going to talk about hockey Monday night. Cade a lot, a lot, a lot of baseball talk. I'm not a huge baseball fan. Wasn't really the the last hour. I could have skipped personally, except for the race tech rant, which I had to go find thanks to a Twitter listener or Twitter uh, account. But too much baseball, in my opinion. What do you think?
6: Yeah, it was a lot of baseball. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, I'm not even gonna lie, man. I skipped the last twenty minutes of the show because I was over it. I was like, I, I don't, I don't do baseball. <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. My wife thinks I'm too big of a sports fan, and I barely know the players on the one team that I like. <laughs> right, so right, right. If I was any more of a sports fan, my wife might shoot me, but uh yeah i was i was quite over the baseball talk i mean i i don't mind them throwing it in and you know me i get get it to an extent but like when they start breaking it down i have no idea what they're talking about i'm over it
2: yeah but like a lot of listeners checkers would get mad at that right and there might have been some hateful comments i didn't see any but like i don't really care i just didn't necessarily listen to that part it's fine with me uh like Like Steven said, at one point, baseball's kind of slow. It's kind of boring to watch, and that's kind of how I feel about it. But I'm sure there was people that loved the baseball talk, so good for them. And I just, even though I'm doing the wrap-up show, I honestly skipped a lot of it, and it's fine. No big deal. It was just a shorter show.
7: Right. I mean, I definitely listened to all of it, and I'm far from a a hardcore sports fan. Um, And Especially when it comes to baseball, I'm super casual. But the one thing I will say is it still is entertaining to me um, to listen to it. Because the stuff that I could relate to and could understand, it gave me a nice just general knowledge. And a lot of times, um, Bess was bringing it back and comparing it to motocross. Or Steve or Kellen would bring it back and compare it to motocross. And then it related and made sense to me. And, I mean, their are personalities that I enjoy of the people. yeah. So it wasn't painful for me to listen to. Um, it was also the first show that I've ever listened to, um, other than being in the studio, just front to back live the whole time. And I definitely, I think I even told you in the text, I tuned out during the baseball stuff a little bit and mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily paying attention. I'm scrolling to Instagram, you know, that type of thing. Right, right right. Um, but I still was listening to it, and it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible radio. I want to turn it off. There was still enough nuggets there of of entertainment just because of the personalities that, that I was good with. it. And it's an off-season show. Like, you do this after A1, I probably am <laughs> a little over it. A little aggravated, but yeah. Even, yeah. I'm not a mountain bike fan when Steve does his mountain bike shows and stuff. I don't care. I don't like to hear about it because I still want to know Steve is a person that I, is He's a character that I, I want to hear about what's going on in his life. Almost, you know, it's entertaining to me. Um, so I don't mind it. It definitely doesn't upset me or, or anything like that. And the fact of the matter is it's free radio. And if you don't like it, turn it off.
2: A hundred percent, man. Perfect. I love the way you said it. Um, okay, let's get into the meat of the show. Betts is in. Dylan, uh, they, they talked about Dylan, super fan for Eli. They were trying to get him on. Guy couldn't make it because of work. Uh, they wanted to ask him about his thoughts on Eli moving to Yamaha, and it led into this.
3: Do we know Dylan's feelings on Eli going blue? Like, do we, has anybody... Can you cold call him? Do you, is there a chance that Dylan... Because I feel like in one of Dylan's many rants... He mentioned that he was a kawasaki guy right like i feel
8: i feel like there's a lot of people that are like bummed eli is gone because they were like kawasaki guys plus eli it was just like the match made in heaven
3: the fans that are pro oem and they don't (laughs) care about the riders are fucking bizarre to me
8: that's kind of like any other sport though i guess like it's different because it's regional but you know like you're a fan of a team not necessarily a player in other sports Okay, but that's a team and not a manufacturer I, I of a car. But like so or, or, in F one though, people are fans of like you're a Ferrari yeah, fan yeah, yeah. or something no, like I, that. I still
3: find that bizarre. I find that bizarre. <laughs> okay. like, Europeans, like, it's different. Like I'm a Honda guy, and I, damn, you know the, that guy left Honda. Like who cares? Go fo- go follow him on the new team. Blue crew. Yeah, I mean, well, we know Blue Crew's best. But <laughs> I just loved those riders, and if they switch teams to another brand, no problem. I now I still like the rider. I hope he does well on his new brand. Bradshaw left Yamaha doesn't mean like, oh, fuck that. Like, I'm a Yamaha guy. Like, fuck it. Like, I I find those people bizarre.
8: You were, like, pumped, though, when, I don't know, someone went to Honda that you were a fan of or something. And it's like, oh, finally, this is like a match made in heaven because it's going to be the Hondas
3: and this Uh, guy. Yeah, I mean, sure, if I thought it's, you know. I think that's
8: what I'm saying, though, is that people that are maybe Eli fans or maybe Cowie fans thought that that match was just so good. Like, it it just mixed both of their true loves together. Uh, I I feel like those people are weird. Yeah, that shit's still wild to me. I think that's part of what makes, you know, team sports so compelling is because you get really behind a team and you want them, you know, to go all the way for your, what your fandom supports. No one wears a Justin Shanty collared shirt. Like,
3: right, right, <laughs> like right, no, right.
4: no one's cheering for Oscar. you yeah, yeah, like, could be the first one. Yeah, I well, could. Those, could. hey, listen, the,
3: the, the drive to survive thing for the F1. I mean, Toto and, and the Red Horner and those guys, they
2: have fads. Yeah. All right, Cade, you said a little bit ago that, you know, you're a big sports fan, right? And your wife... Gets, uh, thinks you're too much of a sports fan already, but I, I never really thought about it in this aspect where like, okay, in team sports, typically, you know, I'm a Niners fan, right? So I care about my Niners. And if I, if a guy leaves, well, I don't care about that guy anymore. But it, it's definitely very different in our sport. It's it's kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about it.
6: Yeah, I, I kind of have both perspectives on it because mm-hmm. I'm from Ohio, right? I'm from the same town that LeBron grew up in. Like we grew up. 18 miles apart, like, obviously he's older than me, but, um, like I, I drove by his house multiple times. Like I know where he's exactly where he's from. So I've always been a LeBron fan, no matter what team he's played for. Um, but then in the same aspect, I'm, I like football, but I really only like the Cleveland Browns. You know, I, I only pay attention to them. If the player leaves, I don't really care. Um, so I can kind of get both sides of it. And understand the fact that yeah, there might be people out there that maybe like Star Yamaha, but don't really care who's on the team. They're going to cheer for the Star Yamaha guys. Where there's also guys out there who love Dylan Fernandes and are only going to cheer for him, and they're going to follow him wherever he goes. So I totally see both sides of it, um, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, checkers. Like you know, I I've always been a Honda guy. That you know, growing up, I was a Honda guy. I rode Hondas most of my riding you know as, as a kid riding as a young adult riding or whatever so i always wanted the best rider like i always wanted McGrath on honda or whatever but then i had my guys too that maybe you know like Chiz or whatever and i didn't care where he was i'm a fan of that guy but like steve said those people are he, he thinks those people are weird or whatever it's i don't know man i don't know where i fall i don't think anybody's weird but it's it, our sport is just different than a lot of other sports. I think the way people are, maybe it's because the teams are smaller and there's only one or two guys on a team, but what do you, what are your thoughts on what they had to say?
7: Well, I think that, um, I think Steve's super out of touch with the, the casual fan, to be honest with you. Um, the guy that, that owns a Honda is going to cheer on the, on the Honda guys. If he's not hardcore into the sport, studying every rider in detail. Yeah. You know, our, our sport has a really short career span for most guys with, I mean, there's the exceptions of a reader or a Brayton that stay around forever how do you go to a supercross and have fun if you don't have someone to cheer for and you a lot of that casual supercross fan that you don't necessarily even get in an outdoor national they don't know all the names of the riders you know you sit in the stands and if it wasn't jeremy mcgrath back in the day they didn't know who the hell was racing sure so how do you have that fan well they cheer for the oem that they have or you know they used to have a little a yamaha pita or mini bike in the garage so they like yamaha because of that or or whatnot and i think a lot of it how you come into the sport. If you come into the sport as a, a fan, because you met a guy one day at the grocery store and, or he's from your hometown, then of course you're always going to follow that guy. And maybe you start developing develop like personalities that he hangs out with yeah. and you say, okay, I'm fans of those guys. But if you're just a rider and show up to a supercross race, because you like dirt bike racing, you're probably going to be more of on the brand side. And I mean, I can tell you growing up, my dad, and he still is to this day, he follows the sport. He reads racer X every day and, and all that side of things but he's a Honda guy. If you ride it for a Honda team, he likes you. If you're not on a Honda, he doesn't like you. He doesn't want you to win the title. <laughs> okay. No matter who it is, if you yeah. leave teams, that's just the way that he is. So um, I'm not that way because I've gotten to know some of the personalities or the people that are working with them. And, you know, I, I put more of that side of things together. So I'm not that way, but I can totally see how you are, especially as a more casual fan. And I mean, any sport is better when you have someone to cheer for or someone to oh, yeah. Otherwise, you're just yeah. bored watching it. So on a team sport side, I'm not hardcore enough to know players that well. Um, so I'm a, I'm a team guy, always, and I always stay with that team. Um, if I got more in depth, I would definitely start to be more of a fan of certain players and, and whatnot, I'm sure. So I think that um, just Steve is really, really close to the sport, and that's why he's overlooking the possibility of thinking those guys are weird or that it's crazy because he knows all these guys personally and, and knows too much.
2: Yeah, that really does change how you look at, at the sport because, you know, I've only been involved with the sport for, well, I don't know, four and a half years where as a, as quote unquote media or whatever. And it has changed how I watch, I mean, a tenfold, you know, guys like Cade, right? Or, or A Ray or whatever. Like I probably wouldn't have paid any attention to before getting into pulp and starting to do this stuff and starting to meet the guys and, And and thinking, you know, just getting to know the personalities, it definitely has changed a lot about how I pay attention to the sport. So I think you're partially right there, Checkers. Kay, do you think there's any fans, just casual fans or whatever, that are like they only care about the team? I'm a Honda guy, and like they don't have any favorite riders. Do you think that person exists in our sport?
6: I would say there's probably a few out there, you know, just diehard Yamaha guys that have, you know, been on Yamaha since they started riding and then now they're 50 years old and all they've ever ridden is Yamaha. So they're going to cheer on star Yamaha till the day they die. Yes. I'm sure that person is out there. Do I think there's many of them at every event? No.
2: Right. Well, I think based off a little bit of texting I did with Dylan, Uh, he's an Eli guy. I don't think he, he may have said Kawasaki. He was a Kawasaki guy in the past, but Eli is where his, that's where his passion is. He's an Eli guy. And it doesn't matter if he went to beta, he's, he's an Eli guy. So I think that answers that as best I can. I don't know if when Dylan will be able to call in and back that up, but I'm sure we're all disappointed. We didn't hear from Dylan Monday night.
6: Um, a little bit. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I like Dylan. I like Dylan. He's a good dude. So, uh, I want to talk about Jay Reynolds and Hoosier Arena Cross. I've known Jay for about four years now. The series, he's been, it used to be Nitro Arena Cross. It's been growing. He's been working really hard to get this thing into something that's actually, you know, uh, I mean, uh, strong. A, a series that's really growing and getting stronger. They have the new FS1, FS2 TV package. They mentioned Ra- uh, Monday Night Rashaheen and Amaker are going to be doing the, the commentating, Kristen Beat. Down on the sidelines there, uh, amateurs on TV, there's some team interests. Let's listen to what he had to say, and we'll talk about this.
5: I think it's real important. So on the FS1 broadcast, FS1 and FS2 broadcast, we wanted to feature some amateur racing on FS1 and FS2, which would be a first.
3: Oh, yeah. That's so nice, what,
5: so so does that sound like a good idea? Do you think that there's interest? I like it. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
3: Up. Anything amateurs right now is a big deal, and and people want to show up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely.
5: What is what is the crowd always like whenever they're seeing pro and amateur together in arena cross or even supercross? They like the kids. Yes. So we're going to take the main event of the 65 open class and feature it in every single broadcast.
3: Nice. I like it.
2: Those kids will be featured on there.
3: I like it. It's awesome. That's that's really cool. Really, really good to hear. Um...
2: All right, checkers. So. The reason I pulled that audio, I feel like should be fairly obvious. Just go ahead and tell me what you think about it.
3: Um.
7: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't necessarily know the reason you pulled the audio of, of that specific part. Okay. Other than Jay is super excited about the changes that he's bringing, um, well, and trying to get Steve to be excited about it as well. I mean, I, I get got that opinion, and yeah. Um, but when is,
2: I'm. When is Steve ever? Cared about kids or amateurs ever.
7: <laughs> but or, he it's a good idea. even though. Arena Cross for the most part, really? other than when he did the live show. He definitely yeah. cared about that. It was dang entertaining.
2: But he said, yeah sounds like, a good idea. That's a great idea. I just thought that was kind of funny. One of my buddies texted me and he's like, oh, because he also knows Jay. And he says, I thought it was really funny that Steve was being a dick to Jay and Jay didn't realize it. And I was like, mm. I had to go back and re-listen. I was like, I, I don't think he was being a dick at all, but I thought it was really funny, Kay. That I know that for a fact that Jay has no idea that Steve generally does not care about amateurs.
6: I didn't even think about it, honestly. The okay, because I think we all know that, but I didn't even think like I obviously didn't think Steve was being a dick either. I, I thought he actually thought it was a good idea, um, and I do think it's a good idea. I yeah. don't, you know, personally, I think they should maybe do the 60s one weekend and the super minis the next weekend, you know. No, I, I don't it. really think anyone's going to follow the FS1 broadcast of arena cross to watch the 60s every week, but I do think it's a really cool idea and um it's cool to get those kids some exposure and uh yeah, I mean I think it's personally it's a great idea and I don't think Steve meant it I don't in either. a bad way. I, I think he actually genuinely thought it was a good idea.
2: What what do you think about k okay, just the fact that okay, I don't know if you a whole lot of people really knew a lot about the Hoosier Arena Cross sea series over the last couple of years. Like it, it was a pretty small regional series. The kicker one was doing quite a bit better. Had some TV stuff going Kyle Peters, you know, obviously we know went undefeated and just all of a sudden, I don't know what Jay has been doing behind the series, sit behind the scenes, but he's got this cool TV package with big time announcers, you know, guys that have definitely have some history in the sport. Like, I don't know what happened overnight or in the last year, basically, but it's really impressive and it gives me hope that we can get a really good national arena cross series back because I think we need it.
6: Yeah, I agree. We need it as well. Um, I I don't know if you remember back to the show I was on two weeks ago, but Steve and I actually spoke more highly of the other arena cross series. And now I feel like it's almost going the other direction because of the, uh, the TV package and the riders that are going that way. I actually asked Kyle Peters. I'm like, Hey, like, which series are you going to race? Um, because I saw the new TV package and I feel like the only piece he's missing is the fact that the kicker series still has AMA backing them. Right. But, you know the Hoosier series is definitely growing in the right direction, and it's going to be really exciting to see these two series take off. And uh, hopefully, they both can just you know help each other build. Really,
2: I hope so. Uh, Checkers, there were some discussions of the halftime entertainment, and I like I said Jays always had like whether it be a freestyle thing or uh, my buddy Brian Jackson tours the the circuit. And he does a uh, the Wheelie King. Was it Don Democus? Is that was it? He does like a tribute
7: Doggy to
2: him. Yeah, he does a tribute to him. He, does all these, he, he always has these cool halftime stuff uh, or intermission or whatever you want to call it at, at the Hoosier Series. But then Chris Betts trying to get involved, and maybe this will actually happen at one round or another where he goes out and who knows what he's going to do, whether it rides or whatever. I kind of like the little – their halftime, their intermission stuff sounds way better than AMA Supercross intermission.
7: Yeah, I actually had the pleasure to go to a Hoosier Arena Cross last year. Um, over New Year's uh the Omaha round I went down with some buddies and and watched the event and Arena Cross is near and dear to my heart and always has been. Um and I've followed both series. Um a lot of times it was just extra entertainment for me. I would yeah. turn on the flow the flow racing broadcast last year and um Jay has definitely he's taken off this year, you know, and he he already had pretty good rider numbers on the amateur side and he had more of the local pro guys showing up. Yep. But with the TV package, he's able to secure the the big names, is what the kicker guys had. And yeah, like you said, the only thing missing is that that AMA plate. Um, I do agree the entertainment during halftime is is already really good, and it's not it's it's trying to put on a better show versus trying to sell stuff to corporate. You know, there's not a Wiener Smith a Wiener Dog race because right, Wiener Smith wants their their name down on the floor. Um, he's going about it of I'm going to provide the best entertainment. Um, value so i'm excited to see you know the series in my opinion kind of took a nose ahead in the race and i think that's what arena cross needs is is one solid series that's the most respected one Mm -hmm. because that'll allow the, the industry sponsors which that's what arena cross relies on more you know supercross is more on the corporate sponsors arena cross needs the industry companies to at least support teams on a level with product and that side of things which means exposure for them to be able to put out enough money and enough sponsorship to get good riders to have an extra spot to go racing, hey, maybe it's Supercross isn't paying that well. A Tyler Bowers, like he did for so many years, can go make money in arena cross um, or a buddy Antonez or any of those type of guys and get some exposure and stuff. So, um, I'm very excited to see that they're moving forward, and I think it was really cool of Steve to to give Jay some exposure and on that that level because I think a lot of the Pulp listeners they're hardcore fans of racing in general. Yeah, when there's nothing else going on they would turn on an arena cross and enjoy the show. So um, it was cool to to hear a little bit more about the series and what's going on. And I always enjoy when Eric Paranard or Jay or any of those type of people are on a, a little more of the behind the scenes about the event and what's going on and how they put them together and, and that side of things. And I mean, that series has continuously grown or blown up. I was actually a supporter of the the AX tour, which he purchased from the Thompson mm-hmm. prior to, so I've watched this growth and I mean, it's been, it's been growing year after year after year. And I think it's nothing but hard work going on, on, on Jay's side. So, um, totally I think agree. making it on the pulp was, is actually a really big deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been telling people,
2: I've been kind of telling that, like I said, he comes on my show pretty much every year before it kicks off and throughout we'll do one or two. And I've always, I, I feel like I've even told Steve before he should have Jay on him. Maybe i haven't, but yeah, I, I texted Jay, I was like, dude, good job, man. I was really stoked that Steve let him on. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully, like you said, hopefully it continues to grow. Um, Hey, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers, to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 to save 25% at Sealsavers.com. Uh, Checkers, you just mentioned Eric Pernard. Do you know Eric or Kay, do you know Eric at all, either one of you?
6: I've talked to them uh, a few times, yes.
2: How about you, Checkers?
6: Yeah. I haven't
7: had the pleasure to, um, to ever meet Eric. Um, but he's been around the, the industry obviously forever. And yep. like Steve always says, everybody says good things and he's so well-respected and he's the guy when the privateer guys are asking me, well, what am I going to do to get in these offseason races that well, find a way to get in with Eric and talk to him because you're not going to go racing out of this country without talking to him.
2: Right, like. right. Yeah. I, I really like him as a guest. Uh, I'd like to have him in studio again Again, passionate guy, right? Great story. Steve just did a Liat Roo raceables on the U.S. Open of Supercross that Pernard uh, started. That's a good listen if you guys haven't checked it out. But Eric, Eric's always a great guest. I got a chance to meet him briefly a couple times. Super nice guy. But he came on to talk about the pair of Supercross coming back. Let's listen.
1: Lately, we had uh, the opportunity to postpone the Paris Supercross, but uh, fortunately, it's happening, and we're all very excited about it.
3: This is cool. I, I Listen, you moved the race back. You guys moved the race back to uh, Thanksgiving weekend. It's one night only, but as Kellen and I were talking, JT and Betts here, the lineup is really cool. Chad Reed, Cole Seeley, a couple of retired guys that are you know, still super fast. Antonio Caroli, Roman Fabra, a couple of top GP riders, and then, of course, JB. And Troll Train, who are
1: Supercross specialists. Uh, I love this lineup. This is really cool. D-Front is an old school lineup. up. We we have a, a lot of uh, older talents, but you know, I mean, uh, in Supercross, old doesn't mean slow, as we've seen in many, many, many years. You know, so uh, super exciting to have lined up all those great guys. Uh, it was uh, it was not easy, and uh, but you know it's like uh, if it's not easy it's not fun for what people are saying and obviously motocross is not easy and we love it we had definitely a couple new layers of uh difficulties but uh that said you know super pumped about uh, the great guys and uh obviously uh we're gonna try to bring you in as well steve to to be able to report the excitement to your fans
3: that's the best part of this whole thing <laughs> a, a trip to paris what what kind of restrictions did you have to work with with some of these riders that aren't vaxed? Was that tough to do? Was that a, a tough negotiations or?
1: No, it's not a conversation I'm personally having with the riders. I'm just asking them if they're vaxed or not. And at that stage, we have we have an exemption from the French Federation to allow professional athletes to come in the country uh, for a purpose. So you know the non-vaxed athletes, which is. The big majority, as we all know, yeah. we'll have to follow up our guidelines, uh, which we hope will be as well as possible, but, uh, you know, I can kind of guess what's going to be, but mm-hmm. I haven't got all the information on the protocol, so I'm not going to say things that I'm not sure of, right. which is not, not my specialty, as, as you know.
3: I am looking forward to troll train domination. <laughs> okay. And, and then Wygant crying, crying because this guy JB lost. Yeah. That, to me, is what I'm looking forward to the most.
2: Cade, man, how how excited are you that this pair of Supercross is back? Just as a fan, if we get to
6: watch it, it's a pretty cool lineup. It's a great lineup. Uh, I think it's cool that they've got some top Euro guys able to compete in it this year. Um, you know, I, I always kind of feel like it's like an American showdown over there mm-hmm. a lot of times. So it's cool that Cairoli and Fevra are going to race it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so jealous. I've always wanted to compete at that event. I tried to get in this year, and they were already full. And yeah, I mean, Eric puts on a great event. I raced his event uh, in Montreal a couple years ago, and uh, it was a great time.
2: I was going to ask you if you got an offer because Steve brought up trying to get Logan over there, Carnal, but like, I don't know why he didn't talk about you. I mean, you're like one of his guys.
6: Yeah, it's hard for me because you know Carnal's a top. 250 guy basically and he's much more competitive and would i feel like be more in contention for that win um i'm i feel like i would be more of someone to be there just to be in the race you know in reality i'm not gonna beat brayton at one of those races probably you know so um and the 450 guys it cost a lot more money so i feel like i'm in a different position but i have talked to him about coming over there and doing those races before and it just hasn't worked out yet
2: i got you Checkers, how about you, man? And I also want to ask you guys about the Vax thing because I'm surprised it it doesn't sound like there was as much red tape as I would have expected. But the lineup, uh, checkers, talk about like the lineup and like who you think is going to win because obviously Steve said Troll Train and th- they talked about JB, but man, I think Reedy is Reedy's going to be in contention.
7: Yeah, I mean Reedy came off the couch remember, for the the Oz effect Yeah, uh, a couple years back and. And I mean, even RC came off from even longer on the couch and was running from pretty fast laps. Like those guys don't lose that skill, especially in an arena um, like that. And and everybody's a little bit uncomfortable because you're not on your normal bikes and it's a different track builder and stuff. I think the storylines are are incredible. Being able to, you know, remember when Geyser came over to race the Monster Cup, it was really, really entertaining. Just how is he going to do How is he going to stack up? We haven't really got to watch Fevra or Crowley ride Supercross. We know they're great dirt bike riders. And they're stacking up against um, a Chad Reed that hasn't been racing and a Cole Sealy that hasn't been racing. I think that's awesome. Um, I think the problem for everybody is that Brayton is really, 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 really good at those races. Yeah, even yeah. with the best curl dudes in the world. And maybe with them making the whoops a little bit, not as gnarly, it'll slow him down a little bit, but. I think you better start breaking backwards, and then the <laughs> battle for seconds is going
6: to be really, really good. Otherwise, yeah, um, we we just that's gonna the, probably the Iowa, that's the Iowa and checkers talking,
2: right? Well, I mean, he's not wrong though. JB jB's probably the favorite.
6: Oh, he's always the favorite. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So overseas,
7: JB is is pretty unreal. Um, and Kate, I think you need to work on your confidence and selling yourself a little bit. If you want to get to Bercy, then you need to call him up and say, I know how to ride a 250. I'll ride a 250. And find me a team and find me a bike, and we're going.
6: Oh, man, I'd love to go ride a 250, but I don't know if I'd ride a 250 for a month to go get ready for that place. That sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot of work.
2: (laughs) Just for the trip, man, the experience. Like I, Before COVID, my plan was to make, paris supercross last year i've never been obviously never been at like that to a race like that i thought well that's the one big goal it's like i want to go to the paris supercross and check it out and it's still a goal of mine but i think it's gonna be a lot more difficult now obviously but the covid stuff Cade. were you surprised that he said there's like it really it didn't sound like there's that much protocol there's an exception for for athletes uh i i just kind of was surprised because it seems like everything's so difficult right now
6: Yeah. There, uh, I think there's more restrictions than he said after talking with Brayton a little bit about it. Um, you know, like he said, I don't think he wanted to say everything because he doesn't know for sure, but, um, yeah, it's not impossible, especially as an athlete you can get over there and, you know, do your job. I think you're, I think they're going to be confined to limited spaces, but, um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you really want to go and you're not vaccinated, it's definitely impossible to make it happen.
2: Guess they're going to be eating, maybe eating at the hotel. Steve would love that.
6: Just- That's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking.
7: <laughs> yeah. Well, it can't be too gnarly because he has Reed going, and I think they even joked about that on the show they a little did. bit. Of yeah. Um, I mean, it was a surprise to me to hear him on the list, um, being that things are so difficult. So, um, good on Eric for putting in the work and all the people in, involved with the event to to be able to pull it off. Um, under strict circumstances,
2: yeah, and like I said, just a great guess. I, I think Eric's fantastic. Uh, what do you think? I was kind of excited about the electric bike series that he talked about. Not a whole lot of details, but like that's going to be a cool thing. Checkers at some point, obviously, electric bikes are going to be a bigger deal. I think it'd be kind of cool to have a, a small, even if it was just one event, right? With the electric, everybody's on electric bikes. I think that'd be neat. I mean, it's
7: coming regardless. The OEMs yeah. are working on it, so they they want a place to showcase their bikes. Um, if you look at at the um like open wheel car racing there's a series for it already you know it's coming so um of course he's going to be on the on the forefront and, and pioneering it and i mean eric i think talked about it either in that interview or maybe it was during something else i listened to recently that that he's on that forefront anyway so yeah. uh, you know that technology that he's always been interested in i remember all the way back to i think it was actually even a us open that the zero electric bikes that were almost like trials bikes and they were racing those or no mini moto i think it was they oh. race them. So, I mean he has been pushing that for for quite a while I think I remember like Jimmy Lewis the dirt biker dirt rider test rider racing him and yeah. and something way back when so yeah he, Eric has always been on the electric bike front um I think it'll be interesting to see um regardless it's more racing and it, it will be different racing no matter what and if it it helps the OEMs to continue to develop more products that furthers the sport along then you can't ever be upset about that Exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, I, everything, anything Eric talk comes on to talk about, I'm pretty, pretty up to listening to. Uh, of course, because Bets Chris Betts is in studio, we got to have AC come call in or at least make an appearance. They were going to cold call him. I, I don't think they actually cold called him. I think they probably gave him a little warning. Uh, cool. Some good stuff from AC Cade. Uh, mainly him talking about Jason being in the truck. Jason Anderson. AC kind of said, "Hey, you know they're similar people, and he's excited. It's going to be a fun year." i don't know if that was just you know pc being politically correct or if he's really excited and they are similar but i don't know anytime ac comes on the phone just like eric ac is just a great interview he's one of those guys that always has a good relationship with steve has fun stuff to say kind of busting balls busting balls with bets about his shitty season all that stuff i like ac yeah
6: i like ac as well he uh he does a good job um, of being politically correct, but being as open as possible mm-hmm. and as honest as possible. I, uh, yeah, I wasn't totally sold on the him and Anderson being buds kind of thing, but, Me either. Yeah. you know, maybe, you know, they have similar interests, but they're also very different dudes. So, you know, maybe they are able to connect on a, you know, acquaintance level over, you know, different things when they're in the truck. But, you know, like Steve said a million times, when those guys are at the races and they're in the trucks, they hardly see each other. They got motorhomes, homes. They got their own little posse, like yeah. they're hanging out with their people and their space. And, you know, AC is just another person in the crowd, really, to him.
2: It's not near as, yeah, those teams hanging out at those trucks is not near as fun as hanging out a little bit farther back in the pits where you are. Those, Team SGB. Those teams, yeah, the SGB or like in the past at HEP. Uh, when like A Ray and Chiz were on the team, and Seven Dudes, Deuce, Deuce. like that's where the fun's at. If you want to go socialize and just laugh, that's that's where you, you got to go a little farther back in the pits.
6: That should be enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride.
2: <laughs> uh, checkers, how about Steve? You know, trying to incorporate AC to you know maybe maybe help me out with Jason a little bit. And Adam's like, oh, we'll see how it goes. Come by the truck like that. That. You know, come Supercross, Steve's got to go to the Kawasaki truck to hang out with AC. I mean, AC's his guy, and then there's that tension with him and Jason. That's going to be interesting come A1. Yeah, from what I've
7: gathered, though, like the tension isn't really that much tension at the truck because, I mean, you talked about being at the Husky truck before. Yeah. And with Zacco and stuff over there. And they kind of started to talk about it on the show. Of maybe the tension, I mean, it's, it's almost a story at this point that has to stay. Um, I don't think AC has any intention of trying to mend those no, houses, no. um at all. I don't think he's not touching that. But I will say, um, I'm assuming those two are riding together a lot right now. Um, AC being based out in California because he's focusing on stuff with Nick and yeah. and riding the Kawasaki track. And um, I feel like AC, had, part of the reason he's a good interview is he's really, um, really difficult to be a guy that that you wouldn't ever or always get along with
2: i yeah i agree with that uh i do want to go back to something you said the i think there is tension uh because i have talked to jason one-on-one kind of off the record about it uh but he he told me that like when he when steve would come to the husky truck he'd be like fucking get out of here like yeah there's absolutely tension from jason's side way more okay well that's
7: good i like it i like it even more that way that there's there's actual tension but yeah. Um, to finish the, the thoughts, right? I lost my, dropped it a little bit, but I think AC, you can, everyone can get along with him, and I feel like Jason's pretty, pretty relaxed, and that all changes as soon as you're on race day at A1. Then you're focused on your job solely, but when you're out at the test track for months on end just grinding out laps, I'm sure Kate could speak to this a lot more because he has way more experience with it, but you have to keep it a little bit light and fun, and um, those guys have spent some time training together at some point back in the, the olden days, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh
6: Yeah, that's what he was saying. He yeah. was saying that that's where they were friends yeah. back when they were with Eldon. and Right. Um yeah, you do definitely have to keep it light in the off-season training because it can get grueling and you can get in some piss-poor moods, so <laughs> um I, I that's what I was meaning. I feel like they could find common ground. Yeah. But yeah, you're right.
2: At the races, it's all business and they they got to do their own program. Uh but with the AC during the AC interview, when he was on the phone, the thing I wanted to bring up is the, the bet between Chris Betts and Steve Mathis that Steve could steal a base on bets. Let's listen to the audio. I definitely have my thoughts. We've
3: been trying to get this thing going where I'm going to steal a base. He's going to be behind the wow. plate, and I'm going to steal a base on him. And we've been trying to get this. Kellen's volunteered to
8: Yeah, I'm convinced her. it's not even going to happen because I feel like we've talked about this for a year and a half now. So we
3: want to film this. So we can maybe yeah. make it all one day, one thing.
8: Yeah, we can do it in one day. We right. can go an Instabanger and right. a
4: stolen base deal. Stolen
3: base thing, yeah. Can yeah. Adam swing a bat? All I'm saying is
4: show up at the
6: L.A. Uh, LA Fitness basketball court and get clapped and horse every time.
4: <laughs> oh, not even one-on-one? We're just stationary, stationary shooting? No, I can figure it out. I can figure out how to swing a bat. I can swing a golf club somehow, so
6: I can figure a bat out. um, Team
3: Solitaire, have you heard of Team Solitaire on Twitter? They just sent us a a DM. Okay. Uh, They have belief in my uh, athletic ability, so much so they want to make a bet with you, Chris Betts. I
4: love it. I need money.
3: It's simple. Chris has to throw out Steve trying to steal second base like they've been chirping about. If Chris throws Steve out, they will run Chris's face on the graphics at a round at 250 Supercross. Done. <laughs> Done. But if Steve steals what? second base, Betts has to wear a T with Steve's face on it and be our promo model for one hour at the race. Here's where I'm going to win, Adam. So he, he does probably have a pretty good arm. I mean, he's a, you know, a professional baseball player. So he probably does have a good arm, and I'm probably not in the greatest shape of my life. So I get all that. Where my advantage comes in, Adam, will be he the pitcher... Throwing the ball to him will not be throwing it to him 95 miles an hour like they would in, the, manor, in the minor leagues, right? So the pitcher will take a longer time to get the ball to Chris, and that's all my break I need to steal second. But I
4: the, could stand but, up and wipe
2: my ass with the ball and still throw you out. <laughs> uh, okay, Kate, I love this because <laughs> in my mind, not a chance in hell Steve steals the base. I don't know that he could do it on the e-bike like they joked about. I think Steve is way, way overconfident in his speed. Like, and 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 I'm wondering, will he put shoes on or is he in flip-flops?
6: Yeah. Right. He'll probably end (laughs) up in flip-flops, but yeah, he's at the lunch. I mean, come on. The guy is okay. He's saying that Kellen's going to throw the ball 30% or like 30 miles an hour. The, you know, the pro betcher throws it at 90. So that's what, a third of the speed, so he's a thirty three percent slower the pitcher is. And you don't think Steve's thirty three percent slower than a freaking major league baseball runner? Probably more. Like yeah. Way more. So yeah, 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 no, for sure Betts is gonna win it and it's gonna be interesting to see his face on the side of a motorcycle at one of the supercrosses.
2: Yeah, I definitely wanna talk about the team solitaire uh off offer, but before we do, Checkers, your thoughts on this th- whole thing. No matter how it goes, even if it doesn't happen, it's inter- It's so fucking entertaining just to talk about and joke about and listen to everybody, but if it does happen, again, no matter how it goes, as long as we see video of it, it's fantastic pulp content. It's just good. I love this. I
7: love it. I wish it was a little bit, little bit more of a, ooh, can he do it or not? Because I'm with Kate. I don't think, Steve has a chance in hell. right? And I think Team Solitaire just got the best deal on the planet because I don't – I mean, unless is he leading off halfway there because he doesn't (laughs) think Kellen pitching is going to throw to first and tag him out. Like, where where do we draw the line there? Like, how much of a leadoff are we getting? Because if he's leading off like a major league player would have to be leading off first to get to second, there is no way. I mean, the fact is, is you still have a professional athlete behind home plate, and Steve's not going to get close enough to – and even if he did, he, he doesn't have a great slide in the second. I'm sure to, to evade getting tagged. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see him try. Like that uh, first slide he, in the second.
2: Can we see Steve <laughs> Pete Rose in it going head, head first? <laughs>
7: yep. uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't. Do. I don't see it.
2: And again, going back, like Team Solitaire, love my guys, Chris over there at Team Solitaire. I think Chris does the uh, social media stuff. That he's the team manager, but um, I think. I love the fact that they get involved and it shows again, guys, the power of pulp, right? Every, almost everybody listens to pulp mix mechan, all, half the team's mechanics listen. A lot of the writers listen. We've got teams listening. It just shows how far this show go, has spread throughout the series. Uh, but I think it's a win-win for Chris Betts too, because, you know, even if he loses, it's not that big of a deal. I got to wear a t-shirt with Steve's face on it. But if he wins, his pictures, his face is on the, you know, I'm probably, you know, Wageman's bike for the night and that's cool too. I just, I think everything about this is great. Cade. It's going to be fantastic. I, 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 threw Steve, I threw a Texas Steve. Like I want to be the guy on second because I'm, I feel like I could probably catch bets throw. I mean, I know it's going to be a burner, but I want, I want to be
6: involved badly. Yeah. I, I guess there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. Um, you know, how far can Steve, Steve lead off? You know, they know like Betts knows that he's going to steal. So that's going to make his reaction time even faster. You know, at least when he's in a real game, you know, he's got to be like, Oh wait, that guy's going while the pitch is coming at him. So he's got to, you know, his reaction's obviously slower. Yeah. I think there's a lot going against Steve, but yeah, who's going to catch it. (laughs) Um, you know, if Kellen's throwing it, uh, yeah it'll be an interesting uh little video
2: i can't wait for this thing yeah i i i know i won't be able to be involved but i want to be uh, hey, uh
6: wait a second though we've ahead. seen some of those first pitches where they don't even
7: make the pitch to the mound maybe that's what steve's banking on is it's going to end up being a grounder dribbler yeah. to the mound if he doesn't think kellen can at least get it to the mound maybe maybe that's what he's thinking or it's going to be a wild pitcher or, or something along those lines maybe maybe that's it maybe that's where he's getting a little hope
6: He's yeah. gonna end up paying off Kellen to to you know <laughs> drop the ball in the dirt or throw it over his head.
2: Yeah, no way, no way Kellen goes for that. But yeah, you might be right, Checkers. He may be hoping it's like a Baba Booey from Howard Stern's show first pitch where it's <laughs> yeah, off to the left, in the dirt, nowhere near the catcher. Hell, Chris may still get it from the backstop and throw him out. <laughs> right. So, yes. Yeah, Steve's Steve's way off in my opinion. I, I don't think he has a chance. Um all right, we talked about guts racing and Andy Gregg a little while ago. They were established. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company. Most of the major teams in the industry run Guts Racing. Guys like Steve Lamps and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and many more all use Guts Racing. Check out GutsRacing.com for the highest perform, highest quality performance seat covers and foam on the market. Check them out today. Thanks to Andy Gregg. I don't know if they're back with the wrap-up show for twenty-two. Crossing my fingers. So Andy, if you're listening, man, I need you back, buddy. I need you back.
7: All right. I think Steve on the show said on the show that they were. I think uh, he Michelin. Broke Michelin's
2: back. I don't. Maybe I he think did. Some, he
7: broke both of them.
2: Oh, I think maybe he, he said did. both. Well, if he did, I missed that part. So that that'd be great. I do know I got a raise uh, because of Michelin being back. So that's that's awesome. I'm not going to talk. About, not going to talk about how much of a raise. Like I will not be buying uh, a mansion. House. Yeah, I won't be. Much, I won't even be buying the old house. But uh, yeah, that house. Cade, you've been man.
6: What do you think, man? Is oh it, my god, dude! Look, dude, those ceilings. Yeah, you could skydive <laughs> in his living room. Right.
2: <laughs> Betts, yeah, Bets kept saying like a ten foot ladder, dude. I don't think you. I think they're probably
6: like no, 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 dude. It's easily a thirty foot ceiling.
2: I was about to say a twenty foot ladder. I don't think it reach. That's yeah, it's way the F up there uh, at the skydive thing. Yeah. You, you could probably base jump for sure. And, and like yeah, when I was there, yeah, I found that little room. I don't know if you went out on the balcony and there's like another whole room down there at the end of the balcony outside the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I didn't yeah. go in there, but that's like a little secret hidden room, a little bungalow.
6: Yeah. That's yeah. He told me what all that, that stuff was used for. I guess the people who owned it before him had a climbing wall Okay. On that huge wall. So, wow. yeah, that's why.
2: Nice. All right. Well, anyway, he, he deserves it. I think uh, he he's he's put he made his mark in this industry. It's all good. I'm not going to give him too much. Yeah. Shit.
6: Oh, for sure. He does a great job doing his job. So yeah, can't, can't knock him for that.
2: Nah, but it's it's. I, I think you could probably go visit. Like you could go show up unannounced, and he may not even know you're there for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay.
7: uh, probably. Yeah. The security yeah. gate.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was open when I went, so I just walked right in.
7: <laughs> yeah, it was good entertainment listening to bets giving him a hard yeah. time about the gated hard, security. <laughs>
2: harder to get into the, the White House than Steve's house. <laughs>
6: yeah. yeah, right.
2: All right. Technically, we did not have a motorsport check-in with Filthy Phil, but we did get Filthy Phil anyway. And Steve wants to know about Troll Train and his Club MX deal.
3: Did you get your buddy Troll the ride at Club MX? <laughs>
2: No, I, I, I didn't. I, I had nothing to do with it.
5: I was actually kind of surprised because when I was there at the show, he was going a different route on it. A- I know. With another 450 gig. You I know. know. So, and that's a, God, that's a God's honest truth. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Things just kind of happened, and uh, Brandon talked to him, and, yeah, I hadn't even heard him. Alex didn't even really tell me because he's being shady with it. Because um, he's stealing all the money you know transpired pretty quick so when
3: you talked to brandon the owner of club what did he tell you about what he saw through the great potential of children
5: uh i mean alex is alex i mean you can't go against his results and stuff you know but uh he wanted to ride 450 and he was adamant and that was the way he wanted to go and um they were like oh well you know you're not kind of crushing it at the 450 deal and you're just kind of a main event guy and struggling to get in you know is there a potential of going back to 250 and then i guess yamaha wants a 450 guy so wow. he's going to stay 450 uh, that's a little dude to handle the that big bike how's our speed no no it's how's our deal. speed uh it looks good fitness is not very dialed um but uh speed looks okay you what know is fitness not dialed because he just had a month, you know, month and a half off. He literally has
3: TrollTraining.com.
5: See, hey, well, this is his excuse. Even trolls need an off season.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, uh, Kate. You said earlier that this is one of the better Phil interviews. Uh, talk a little bit about what he had to say about troll training, and just maybe why you thought it was such a good, good interview or a good spot with Phil.
6: Uh you yeah, know, he was open, honest. He wasn't a complete a hole, you know. <laughs> it was kinda nice to hear an open and honest Phil. Yeah. Uh but no, I mean, you know, Phil's always a good interview. Everyone has their own opinion of Phil, but he's a he's a good guy. He he means well. He just comes off like a jack off sometimes.
2: Well we're gonna talk about his other comments here in a minute. We're gonna get to that. But uh checkers thoughts on phil and like i didn't get the vibe that he was super stoked on amart being on 450 you know i mean i kind of got the vibe is like he almost felt like he should stay on 250 or something
7: yeah i don't know i was i was reading the same thing into it yeah and i don't think that phil wanted to ride 450 supercross i don't believe so but i almost got that impression of man, he didn't tell me anything about it. Almost like he was stealing the spot that he wanted. Oh, and okay. I, didn't take I do that. believe, I do believe Phil that he actually didn't know a ton about it. I'm sure he knew that there was at least some talking going on. I don't, I don't doubt that, or I do doubt that part a little bit that it was a complete surprise. Right. But, um, so I don't know whether it's literally just doubt in the skill or if there was a little bit of, man, I wish I had that spot
2: instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not sure. Uh maybe maybe so. I don't know. I didn't read that part of it. I just kind of felt like he I don't know, like he didn't think Troll needed to be on a 450, you know, the the little g- small guy to handle a big bike and just there were some things that I thought were odd, a little bit odd but Phil isn't a hot guy as you said Cade, but um okay, so I do want to get to his comments about you. So let's listen to a little audio of just some random stuff he had to say.
8: All I heard from Just visit to club was that everybody was off the track until Brayton got off the track and then everybody jumped on the track they don't want to be compared to Justin he, he
2: can't
3: we just yeah. fucking ridiculous <laughs>
5: <laughs> well I mean honestly it's almost kind of true because JB makes them all look slow so I don't know JB pisses me off too when he goes out and rides so I don't know. He just, <laughs> he just, that shit just comes fucking easy to him so, but JB pisses me off too when he goes out and rides
3: and why aren't you, aren't you why aren't you riding supercross yet or what was your delay uh, what do you mean, what was my delay? Well, you didn't jump on right away and ride right soupy, I heard. I, I didn't, I didn't, haven't even ridden the dirt bike yet. So, when, when is this happening? When is this, what's going on?
5: Um, we'll see that, I mean, ACLs take a little while. But it hasn't it, even been three months.
3: Oh, really? Fuck, felt, it felt, felt like longer. Like, I feel like you're ready to go. Like, I, I didn't know it. To, no, I mean, training-wise,
5: everything's going okay. Because Cade is Cade pissing does. you
3: off. Kate. Cade.
5: Cade is Cade, and yep, he's, uh... Yeah, I might fight Cade before the end of the year. Okay.
3: So. All right. Well, you weren't <laughs> lying. On Cade. Cade's suspension uh, soft I here.
5: Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I try not to watch Cade because it scares the shit out of me. So I don't know why you just don't come out one time and come check it out. We got a solid crew.
3: Yeah, I love getting on a plane and yeah. flying across the country for no reason.
2: <laughs>
6: Go ahead, Cade. I want to get you a response. <sighs> to which part? Uh, that's a lot. The part about you, dude. Come on. No, no, he he's just worried. You know, it's good shit out of him because I'm going faster, and he's gonna be. Oh, that's okay. His biggest, that's his biggest fear. You oh. know, no, I, he came out one day. He was there for like five minutes, and we were working this pretty gnarly rhythm section. And I was the only guy trying to skim the dragon's back. And the first time I tried to skim it, I got a little randy, like not even bad. And I come back and he starts chirping me and I'm like, okay. And I go do it perfect the next five times. And he's just, Phil's just Phil, you know, he's got to, he's got to be jab, jab, you know, himself, but, and the, the freaking weege comment about JB, he was doing a moto and we were working sections. So we got down there and JB was doing a moto. So then we did our sections. And then when we took a break, he did another short moto and then we did more sections And Weege just happened to be there for the the exchange. Normally, we're on the track at the same time. Thank you, Weege.
2: (laughs) Checkers, there's always two sides to the story. I see. That's what we need, right? But I also I want you to comment, Checkers, on the part about Phil. Why he hasn't been riding? Like it always surprises me when Steve forgets a little something, or you know, we all have this. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But like, I, I for me personally. I never expect Steve to forget that it hasn't been long enough for Phil to be back on the bike. Like I just feel like Steve's supposed to know everything at all times in the sport for some reason. Uh, maybe that's because that's the way he promotes himself to be. And I've just bought in, but I was a little surprised by that. It kind of threw me off.
7: Yeah. It was kind of goes, it brings me back to the, uh, the comment about we don't have one kid uh, <laughs> yeah, where true, he, true. Does, he talks to so many people and you think, you know, he's, he's close to these guys. He talks to them all the time right I, 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 he plays it off as that and he brings a lot of knowledge to the table because of it so yeah it's like yeah i'm not riding super i haven't even been riding <laughs> it was it was a gold moment of um i was waiting for phil to fire back of, you know how good of friends are we actually right, you don't right. even know that and and whatnot but um that's part of the interview that you clipped was was what i was talking about i think it was one of the better phil ones that we've gotten since you know he did the whole outdoor stuff and whatnot he brought that very unplugged um unfiltered per se um energy and and when i was hearing the cade comments i was extremely excited knowing that we were doing this <laughs> so, the rap- so I. with cade this week oh, to yeah. um to hear the thoughts and yeah. um i'm guessing cade forgot to grip with his knees um and, <laughs> and i've seen cade get a little little cattywampus when he doesn't get grip with the knees so uh
6: um, you um, know what man
7: wide knees last year he had her dialed he so much better
6: <laughs> yeah, technique, that's why we work sections, man, technique.
2: <laughs> well, I I was definitely writing notes quickly when I heard Cade's name, so I was jotting down those uh, those timestamps. Hey man, we knew you were coming on, so uh mm. yeah, good stuff. Do you have do you have one more clip of Phil by Chance? Uh I have well, I don't think I I don't know if I have what you're looking for. I do, but it's well, let's listen and then if it's not what you're talking about, you can right. fill me in. But, yeah, there were some technical issues during the fill interview. No, that's what it is. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah.
5: Hey, that's what they're <laughs> like yes. to come to now. I, you, have you have to bring a is what is I don't you
2: know. I don't
5: know. What is happening? Oh I don't know. I don't
3: know what's happening. Multiple oh. multiple streams are going
5: on. <laughs> yeah. I, Phil, we'll call you back. See you. Fucking cheese dig radio.
2: Perfect perfect time for a technical difficulty thank you marks it couldn't have gone it couldn't have happened at a better guest but go ahead checkers
7: i literally was sitting on my couch watching the youtube stream and about fell off the couch when he still <laughs> said that. it was it, it might be my new favorite drop and the fact that everything was really muffled and mumbled and then all of a sudden it became clear, clear. and he goes Jeez, this radio um yeah it was yeah it was awesome. It was a, a 10 out of 10 moment for sure on the Pulp Show. And, um, you know, we talked about a little bit in the intro that there's been all these technical difficulties since he moved to the new studio. And I honestly love it. I really do when they when they don't have a producer there because he's late and they show the chair just sitting empty. Like, stuff like that adds so much <laughs> yeah. personality to the show. Um, like, I don't want it to be completely perfect. The imperfections and... Steve's not remembering that Phil's not riding and and those type of mistakes are what makes it what it is. Like I don't want a well put together sports center of motocross. Like I want that personality.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think the pulp show should be that. Uh, um, And I can confirm that that drop has been sent to Mark. So he has it so he can put it into the system. Uh, It's, it's an official drop or should be soon. So I'm sure we'll start hearing it Uh, in the past. I've brought up callers. Uh, a few times on here. Yeah, I've done it a few times on here. But sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not so good. And sometimes they win some shit. Clayton, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Clayton?
3: So, I'm a little concerned that we're going to lose Weeds here. Um, how, do you, how so? How are we going to lose him?
5: Well, remember at Southwick when he was getting shit on for uh, watching... Ferrandez go around the track with smoke coming out of his bike. Yeah, where are you going with this, Clayton? Yes, I think that <laughs> I think that's awesome,
3: Clayton. Um, you got a bike? <laughs> All right, Clayton. I uh, you there, um, hey, Clayton? Yeah, what, what, I have lost what, you for a second. Wh- you got a bike? <laughs> yeah, I do. I
4: got a I got a couple bikes.
3: Do you want an OGO gear bag? Oh hell yeah! What's yeah. wrong, Betts? Nothing. What? What's, Nothing. Why, why, Nothing. You don't want me to give Clayton anything? No, 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 no. No,
4: no. That's not it. I oh, okay. didn't even ask a question, and you gave him way back. He did
3: ask a question. He asked if we were going to lose Weech. You know, why, you, know why, you know why I gave him the question? You know why? <laughs> to, to get him off the phone? No, no, no. He was on hold for a long time. <sighs> he was on hold for a very long yeah, but time. But when
4: you're on hold, you're still listening to the show. You give people on hold too much credit. Like... The show is still going on speaker. You're not on hold to an elevator fucking tone. You're on hold listening to it on your phone on sp- like have you ever been on hold for your show? No, I think so. It, there's no tone. Yeah. You just hear you. Yeah. So he you give people who are on hold way too much credit.
2: Oh, I'm laughing right now. Now look, clearly I I shortened some of that, but I left all those spots of dead air. <laughs> if you didn't hear this, that was I that wasn't a mistake. That was just Dead air. Um, so a couple things I want to talk about with this. I, again, talked about callers in the past. I feel like if you're calling in, okay, you've got to be prepared to say what you have to say, get it out, and then you're quiet so you can listen to the response. Uh, this guy, I don't know if he was just nervous. There was a lot of dead air during that call. So I want to touch on that, but I also want to touch on what Bet said. What do you think about him giving these callers get gifts or uh giveaways just because they've been on hold for a long time
6: yeah i mean beth is right technically i mean you're listening most people are listening to the show anyways yep and when you're on hold you're just listening to the show you're listening to the show like a couple minutes ahead since like you know technically on the podcast or on the app it's like a minute delayed or something yeah but uh you know, it bets is technically right. You know, if someone's on hold for three hours, then yeah, you know, maybe they deserve something, but I, I don't know, whatever, but I don't even know if the dude ended up getting something because Steve normally is like, stay on hold. We'll get your information. And he didn't do that with him. So no, I thought true. it was really funny. And I was like, cause the dude was kind of being weird at the end of this call. <laughs> and I think Steve might've just hung up on him, which I thought was really funny. That's
2: yeah. Uh, I wish I had thought of that. I would have tried to get a follow up from tits or something about that. Uh, yes. Yeah.
6: Yeah. But that dude's question was so weird to begin with. Like, Steve normally gives stuff to great questions, but, like, why would we lose Weege because Weege is upgrade is getting an upgrade in what he's available to use during the broadcast? Like, yeah. That made no sense to me.
2: I feel like he, he was trying to brag on Weege a little bit, like, oh, he had a great idea and and, and they implemented it or it got better. I don't, I don't know where he was going with it. Like it, yeah, he didn't, he didn't present himself very well checkers, but how about you, man? Just callers in general. Like, I think callers are a great part of Pulp mix. We need the callers. Obviously I wouldn't be doing this right now. If I hadn't started calling the sh- hell, I wouldn't be doing a podcast probably if I didn't start calling in to pulp to begin with. So I like callers, but I think you got to get your shit together.
7: Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like more calls are bad than good. Um, but sometimes again, they they almost goes back to the last point of it adds to the entertainment. This one I was particularly excited that I was watching on YouTube because <laughs> Bess was throwing his hands up in the air, yeah. like, dude, say something, talk, right. he was so frustrated, um, and that's the real reason why he was saying he didn't ask a question why or yeah, well, he didn't ask a question why he wins something that dude call sucked <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely see it um i I mean calls have to be part of the show they're. We're talking about it. You know what? It was a terrible call. We're talking about it. And I think that's any show with callers is yes, you get the gold ones or you get the gringos and that side of things that are really, really cool. To, I miss gringos. Uh, add, add to the show um in, in a positive way. But then, and then you get like a Dylan, you know, even, for instance. But the negative ones, they also add to the show. And I also was throwing my hands in the air like, dude, just hang up on this guy. And I wish Steve would do that more. Yeah. I wish he would just say, yep, you're out. You're done. Yeah, he,
2: um, he's hung up on people before where I thought, oh, he shouldn't have hung up, like the, you know, or whatever. But then sometimes he'll let really bad ones go. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, for sure. Like, I think a lot of it is,
7: um, and just a guess, is, I'm sure he has in his notes of, hey, we need to take a caller because I have to give give away a bag. Like, that's part of mm-hmm. my giveaway. The next caller is going to get the bag, and it happens to be a terrible call versus a good one. <laughs> um, but I did, again, was like, are you kidding me when he said, do you have a bike? Yeah. <laughs> i was like, really? i love that that's my favorite now
6: yeah ever since bets did that that one time like every caller got a bike? you got a bike. yep you you gotta gotta bite.
2: Bite. yeah i was kind of waiting for bets <laughs> to throw that out but checkers you talked about the youtube and i meant to bring this up earlier a lot throughout the show bets was just kind of like he would either zone out if it was something he didn't know anything about or yeah or be facial expressions like he was fun to watch for sure if you're watching youtube or facebook live
7: yeah for sure um uh, Jenny, my girlfriend, was actually watching with me, and she commented on that. She's like, "He's not even paying attention. He doesn't care." <laughs> right. um, I think that it put uh, because of it being off season, they were able to get into the baseball stuff, so it didn't take away from Moto. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that was better during the season when he can brag about AC and talk about AC and and really go over the top with that and have more recent content. And you know, he is a fan that's watching the races on the weekend. Yeah, but he's not necessarily a Kellen that is a student of the sport enough to have a lot of good off-season content to add to the motive side of the story. Um, so I wasn't my favorite bet's appearance partially because of that, I think.
2: Okay, and, and he didn't get as many White Claws down as normal, so that probably affected it some, but he did, once again, claim AC going undefeated.
7: <laughs> Very much so, time practice qualifying, yeah, um, heat races, and main events.
2: Uh, It's great. It's great. Uh, all right. Hey, I, I mentioned Michelin a little while ago. Again, uh, Randy Richardson, thank you. I did, like I said, I did get a raise because of Michelin. You guys know all about the Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp Mix show, the Star Cross Fives. Once again, and this means that, yep, fuckers, I'm back for another full year of Pulp Mix wrap-up show. So deal with it but in 1891 michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire and to this day michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes if you'd like to ride the same michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend cam zinc and the 2019 ews champion sam hill visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on michelin's extensive range of bicycle products whether you ride mountain bikes bmx now road bikes or motorcycles michelin has something for you all right a few more things uh checkers i know you got to cut out here shortly for uh your son's football practice right or game yeah game night in the rain okay oh nice well we're gonna get you out of here on time a few more things to talk about the ap announcement came a little later than a lot of us expected but it finally came last week so the number seven came on to discuss uh he said a, a bunch of things k you know he's excited to work with Roger and Ian I think that's probably i mean God who wouldn't be right who wouldn't want to work with a couple of legends like that I think that'd be pretty cool a lot of knowledge uh he also said he had he's this is the one I want to talk about he's never had so many consecutive fun days riding k you do this stuff every year you go through training you go through racing uh you're switching bikes you're switching teams obviously not the same level but i is this a little bit of, it's, it's a little early, right? It's just kind of fresh that, that, that he's feeling that way. Maybe he's exaggerating a little bit, or do you really think there's something there that maybe he really is having more fun than he's ever had?
6: You know, I don't know. AP's got a really fun personality. He's very upbeat. Um, he, you know, he's very energetic. Mm -hmm. So maybe he made, you know, but he's also been at star for so long. So maybe everything was getting a little bland, a little dry. And now it's, you know, completely refreshed and it's totally new to him. You know, I've been having a ton of fun on my new bike and, you know, learning everything and going about it and yeah, new and change is always fun and entertaining. So yeah, he may be exaggerating it a bit and, you know, like you said, he might still be in like the honeymoon phase yeah. of it, Yeah. but um, you know, that stuff carries over and if it carries over to longer into the season and he's having fun and cause once you get into the season, man, it turns into a drag and it goes and it goes and it doesn't end for 18 weeks and you gotta, <laughs> you gotta keep it eight, it's 17 rounds in 18 weeks, man. It's, I know it's a lot of racing and uh, you I, know, you gotta keep it fun and he does the best out of everybody.
2: I laugh at that, and I've said this on here before, but because during those eighteen weeks when you guys are out there grinding and sweating and riding your dirt bikes, I'm gonna be grinding and sweating digging ditches and unclogging sewer mains, so fuck you guys
6: yeah yeah that sounds unfortunate dark, yeah
2: it's unfortunate that I wasn't born with more talent, but I wasn't, so here we
6: are uh, hey man, yeah, I hear you I uh, use more talent all the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> True, right, right. Good good response. I like that. Uh Steve brings up a topic that we've all kinda wondered. He's talked about many times on the show, and he says, I hope that the you know, Alden, the Bakers program doesn't zap your fun.
3: Uh speaking of R V, you mentioned it earlier, Baker's factory in Florida. Uh God, I hope this doesn't sap the fun out of you, AP,
1: but um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely serious but i think with with me or myself uh mookie and uh rj i think i think we'll make it fun you know we'll we'll change the vibe there a little bit you know as long as it's under uh guidelines for sure (laughs) but um i think uh you can't really take the fun out of it when there's two uh two of the most fun guys in in motocross there training and and uh with each other every day. So I think it's going to be a good change. I think it's going to be uh, definitely hard at first, but once I get the hang of it, you know, um, a lot of people have done it before. A lot of people have been successful with it. Uh, So I think if I stay on the right path and uh, keep my head down and just uh, charge, I think um, we'll be good.
2: All right, first thing first, Checkers. Uh, Did did we hear what checkers called the sport that we do when we're outdoors anybody Did I? what okay what do we call what do we call did he say motocross he did he said motocross <laughs> I, I, I think oh, I've i heard didn't it even
7: notice before i didn't catch it i i Glanced right over it. Yeah, well, uh, I heard it. That's the redneck and AP coming up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I don't know if anybody else would bust his balls on it or call him out, but yeah, I, I caught it on the replay and then I was pulling the audio I was like, Yeah, I think so. And I backed it up and sure enough he said motocross, but regardless. Uh, this look, I've seen stuff with R V and all in the bat in the past and video where you know they're 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 having some fun, right? So <sighs> I don't think I don't think AP personally I don't think AP loses who he is working at Baker's factory but it probably will be a little more serious than he's used to but I don't think it's going to be like like I don't think it's going to be break AP spirit basically uh, checkers what are your thoughts on him being there you know he doesn't know what it's going to be like yet because it's still pretty fresh but what, what do you think about what he had to say And where, where do you think it goes.
7: I really liked his point about having Malcolm there and him there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do agree with that point of they're going to try to keep it as light as they can. Um, at the same point, I, I go back to eighteen when he wasn't being as successful on, on Yamaha. He on the factory Yamaha, he definitely, he almost lost some of the spirit there. Like he was pretty defeated. Um, and I could, I could see that already with the Baker's program of could that, could that happen? Um, of just being being run to the ground and not having that that extra spark, and um, I think that he's very wishful thinking that that him and Malcolm are going to go in and change Alden. I mean, I don't think <laughs> right. Alden's changing. I think he knows his program works, and um, he's not going to let them change it too much. Can they have fun as long as they're doing the work? They're going to make it as fun as it can be, but it's still a it's still going to be a lot of work, um, of course. So I think it's it's a very early early wishful thinking i can handle this i'm convincing myself that it's going to be good and it might be just fantastic the one part of the program that is also completely different that i didn't realize till that interview though when he listed it it's malcolm him and rj is for the first time i think ever since alden's been here he doesn't really have the elite guy which part of that program in my opinion is you're chasing the elite guy all the time and the elite guys running from another very good guy all the time yeah and and pushing himself now, you have a very good 250 rider and two very good 450 riders. You definitely don't have what I would call an elite talent at least yet, as the results have shown. Um, so, does that change the program? I mean, there's a lot of storylines to listen there. Can Alden really lift these guys up? And that's one thing that people always have said about Alden is, well, he's, he's training champions to stay champions," you know, or or something along those lines. Well, this is his his, his opportunity to show. Hey, I can I can train one of these guys to become a champion. So yeah, um, it, I think it's just too early right now. It's like the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Of course, things are good and positive right now.
2: Yeah, exactly, Cade. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons KTM's so I guess pretty irritated that Cooper left. Obviously, but um, what do you think about AP going to this program? Just your thoughts on? I mean, did, I, I don't think it changes AP much. Like I said, I think Mookie. I think exactly what Checker said. They're going to have fun. Those guys are going to have a good time, but it's going to be also more um, strict, more outlined what they have to do. But I think, I think it's going to be a happy medium.
6: Yeah. I think AP will find that happy medium. I I feel like it'll be more of a stretch for Malcolm. I agree. Um, I feel like AP is very outgoing. You know, if, I feel like he's the type of personality that if he gets to a point that he's not having fun, he's going to be able to bring it up and be like, look, man, if you don't let me do something, I'm going to freaking jump off a cliff. You know, so, um, you know, I feel like he's open enough to be able to have that conversation where a lot of other guys are just like head down, head down until they actually break. And they're like, okay, I'm gone. Interesting. So, um, I mean, I think it'll be really good for them. I'm excited to see, you know, those guys be able to build their programs and, you know, tighten it up at the front of the field. It'll be cool.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Okay, I want to jump ahead. I had this for my last note, but I know we're running out of time with checkers. We're almost done either way. But um, during the baseball segment at the end, well, first of all, motorsport.com, Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. It is not motorsport. I'm looking at a box right now with some parts for my 06 that I just got yesterday, thanks to motorsport.com.
6: Uh, but I, wonder, I just got a Boxer Motorsport Motosport
2: yesterday too. Nice. I wonder if it shipped the same time mine did. I get, uh, guess maybe. it doesn't I, really matter. I, I, yeah. Is is yours parts for an 06 Honda or is it for a new
6: Honda? Um, amazingly, two of the clutch plates are for a 2005 Honda.
2: Nice. If you need, a, if I'd known you needed clutch plates, I could. I have a whole box of clutch plates for my no, fi- just... for my 15, and I don't have the 15 anymore.
6: I just wanted to try something cool. Oh, okay. So I'm trying something cool. I got you. It's it's very secret.
2: Okay. All right. I will, I can't wait yeah. to find out what the secret is later on.
6: I won't tell you what it is. Hey, it's okay.
2: Well, I'll actually, let's get to this last part in case we have to let checkers go. But I have some questions about the Honda. But go for it. Last hour of the show, pretty much all well, all baseball talk. I like. I said I skipped most of it with the intention of going back. And yesterday evening, I saw a tweet from at ridesadv talking about how ironic Steve's race tech rant was. I actually thought he just skipped the race tech rant, so I'm glad this guy tweeted. I went back and checked it out. Let's listen to what he had to say because I have, I definitely want to hear Checker's thoughts.
3: Race tech rant of the night. These fucking postseason games, dude, they're too Good. fucking long. They're so long. Like, they're four hours for these games to be completed. And I think it's like 30 minutes longer than a regular season game. And it's something like, no, I'm sorry. I think it's 20 minutes longer than a regular season game, these postseason games. And then they're 40 minutes longer than games 20 years ago. Okay. I just read this article on the ringer. I think it's insane. It's like, it's over at like midnight Eastern. Right. Like if you're some kid and you got, you know, you got to work the next day or whatever, right. like you can't stay awake for that shit. <laughs> and again, they're like an hour longer than they used to be in like in the seventies. I think sure four I am, hours is a little much I, to ask for people to sit down and watch. Again. I, you know, when it's four hours and you're just like, it's enough. Come on, man. I mean, they got to figure it out, man. They're going to lose viewers. They're going to lose people.
2: All right, checkers. First of all, as the sponsor, Tech rant, obviously you, uh, you're the man at Tech. We go into the baseball segment about 20, 15, 20 minutes before they get to the rant. And very much like when we do Keefer After Dark, Steve says, hey, if you're not really into baseball, maybe you can tune out right now. And then 15, 20 minutes later, one of the biggest sponsors of Pulp Max gets, gets their Racetech rant. If the listener's tuned out, they don't hear the race tech rant. I mean, you're paying for this thing.
7: Yeah. Well, you know, Steve told all the motocross people to, to shut off their radio. So good thing we don't make suspension for baseball bats or anything like that. <laughs> and, you know, he also said that after four hours, that everyone would be falling asleep or if they had to work, you know, to have money to buy some suspension that well, <laughs> they would already be in bed, but then we're going to, we're going to do a little race tech read and a little race tech rant. Yeah. So. Steve, I'm sorry. I'm, hate to tell you this i know you just bought this big mansion you need all that sponsorship money you might need to go back to the old place that's just a couple square feet smaller because well i'm a little upset okay Uh i'm not really upset at all but um it was super super ironic and i also thought he had skipped the rant which um there's been times in the past of shows we've sponsored that for whatever reason the read got cut short or back in the watson days kenny would either interrupt it and go off on a tangent or sometimes it's talk crap because that's what Kenny Watson did. And I've always joked and laughed with Steve about it. Like Obviously, we sponsor a ton of content there. Um, If we miss one show or it's during a baseball segment, it's actually not a big deal. But, I mean, if we didn't bust his balls about it, it wouldn't be pulp either, right?
2: Right. So I want to continue to bust his balls a little bit. And, Cade, I, I totally understand there is a difference between a podcast that you can listen to anytime and a live sporting event. But, as... At Rise ADV said, it's a little ironic that Steve said a four hour baseball game is too long at the five hour mark of the Pulp Mech show.
6: Yeah, but the Pulp show is five hours every week.
2: I understand this, Cade, but he said they're too long. Nobody's going to listen that long. Nobody's going to watch. Nobody's going to want to stay up at, you know, when it ends at midnight Eastern. What time is it Eastern when the Pulp show ends? 1 a.m. Come on, man. You got to you gotta work with me a little bit. We're trying to give Steve some shit here.
6: I don't want to give him shit. Right. The, show's a fi- the show's five hours long every time. I feel like every time I'm there, the show gets cut short. Yeah. Like I like I like talking, so I like being there. Sure. And I feel like every time it gets cut short when I'm there, and I don't know if it's because I do a shitty job or what. Could be. But I like it when the show's long. Because so.
2: you're doing a shitty job right now of not giving him shit. I
6: give, I give him enough shit as it is.
2: All right, Kate. I'm really disappointed in you right now. Um I'll tell you, man. Let's let's go back to checkers then. Checkers this come <laughs> on man, this is f- like it- I mean, I already buried him and stole our sponsorship away. What more do you want? <laughs> um,
7: I I the problem is is that I I don't even even as much as I want to give him crap about it, I can't agree at all because I like them long as well because when I I listen to them throughout the week. So I'm not listening at one AM. Like I said, this was the first show I yeah. ever listened to live. Um so, if it's too short, then I run out of content, especially during the off season when he doesn't do a show every week. Um, so, I actually run out of pulp content. And then I have to go search around all those other podcasts that we sponsor and support as well, um, and even some that we don't. Um, so, hmm. so, maybe yeah. that's why you do so a couple. I know a couple podcasts you don't. I'm sorry.
2: Pod I know a couple you don't sponsor. I just said that
7: I, sometimes I get to those when I run out of contact.
2: <laughs> uh,
7: no, so maybe that's why you're pushing I, for shorter I don't know. Correct, I don't, I'm don't. i not, though. Turns.
2: I'm not pushing for it to be shorter. I'm fine with it being five hours. I'm just laughing at the fact that he's going on a rant that this baseball game is going too late in the night. It lasts too long at four hours when his show goes on till midnight central and is five hours plus. I just thought that was... Listen,
5: goddamn it. Oh, it is
7: ironic
6: and funny. I, have, I agree. That's with the that point. So f- that fuck off, fuck off both it.
2: of you guys.
6: <laughs> hey, mean, there's no reason for your hostility. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, you asked for our opinion and I gave it to you. And I didn't sir. like
2: it. I didn't
7: like your opinions.
2: <laughs>
6: We're never
7: coming back on the
6: wrap
2: up showcase. Nah, you, you guys yeah. can come back. It's fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, we got about six minutes before I got to let checkers go. So tweet at tits. One of the questions was a chance. We see Chad Reed at a one, uh, Kellen and Steve said, probably not a one, but at least at some point, I want to get your thoughts checkers. Do we see him at a one? Do we see him sometime during the year?
7: I don't think we see him at a one. Um, he's already put the, the teasers out there that he might show up at a race. Yep. I think it comes down to, if he finds enough funding to make it somewhat make sense. I mean, he's already willing to go ride and get ready for a race over in France, which is, I mean, that's, he's not going to go in completely unprepared. He sure. wants to be riding with his kids. He's got—he's obviously completely not over racing at least somewhat. Um, I think that we—I think we see him at a race or two. I actually don't see him training just for one race. I think we see him at a, a couple in a row type of deal. Okay. Um, with a small program put together, um, unless he gets distracted with something else like car racing. <laughs> right, I think at right, this right. point in time, when he's getting ready especially if it goes well in France to where, you know, he's still competitive and feels like, Oh yeah, I'll be able to go out there and put it in the main event and, and have some fun. I think he's, I think he's behind the starting gate and, and we get another dose of Chad Reed.
2: All right. Uh, well, Hey, checkers, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate race tech being a sponsor of the pulp and Beck show. Um, I appreciate your time. I know you got to go. I want to keep Kate on for just a few more minutes. Uh, but checkers, thanks, man. I appreciate your time.
7: Always a good time, and uh, stoked that you're keeping my teammate Cade on. Ride Red all the way, love it. We're glad to have Cade. Yeah. Ride Red race tech stuff too. Good deal.
2: Awesome, thanks, yes, Uh Have a good night yes. with your with your kids, man. Thank you. Bye. All right, see all right, Kay. Just a couple. Well, let me get your thoughts on the Reed thing. Um, what do you? How much do you think we see Chad Reed in twenty two?
6: Um, I think it's more likely towards the end of the season. I don't think he's stupid. I think if he comes out, he wants to do fairly well. Um, he definitely doesn't want to miss the main event. So I, I think with him not riding full time, he'll probably wait a little bit to make sure he doesn't have any more stressful LCQs. Um, but I think it's possible, you know, if he's gonna, you know, try to get ready for this race, he's got that Supercross track up there, um, by where he lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely possible. Um, I'd say maybe two or three if he does it. Um, but definitely probably not more than that.
2: Okay, yeah, I think you're about right. I, I would say two, I, I, three might be pushing it, but yeah, I kind of like what Checker said, if he doesn't get distracted with something else, because it definitely seems like Chad's always got a lot going on, so
6: who knows? Yeah, I think that's why he's bored, is because the yeah. car thing didn't work out with COVID and everything, right, so now right. he's just bored.
2: Uh, okay, another question that was asked, and this was, I think, towards uh, Chris Betts, but who wins their super the first their supercross first, Adam Ciancerillo, Chase Sexton, or Dylan Ferrandis? Um give me your thoughts, man.
6: Yeah, I mean I thought it's a tough they one. all kind of gave the same answer of Adam and I think the only reason it could be Chase, I think it I think it's Chase or Adam. Really? I don't think okay. Dylan has in Supercross reached that point yet. You know, Chase had that first um a couple bursts a uh, really good leading laps yep. with things happening near the end of the races that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's definitely probably going to be one of those two and, you know, that's kind of what they agreed on as well is that it's most likely going to be Adam. I mean, we know that Chris is going to say that, but you know, yeah. for Steve to say it as well.
2: So you're clearly not on board with my uh, prediction of Dylan Ferrandis winning the championship.
6: No, I I don't think that he will. Ca- I think it'll be more of a Zako from out, his outdoor championship to Supercross. Not an injury by any means. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But like still kind of struggling with the Supercross, just like he was before. Because they're man, they're basically two different sports.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I I agree with you on that. And obviously, I don't know in the same way that you do. But I'm sticking with Dylan, man. I'm sticking with Dylan for the championship. So I'm going to go with Dylan getting the win first, too. So I'm going all in on Dylan Ferrandez. Fair
6: enough. You make make your piss-poor decisions all you want.
2: (laughs) Okay, two more things. The trivia contest Monday night between Chris Betts' MX knowledge and Steve Mathis' baseball knowledge. Probably not my favorite trivia contest they've ever done, but I do like these contests. We've obviously seen or heard the one with you and A-Ray, you know, who knows who better, that kind of stuff. I like these contests. I think they need to be implemented more often when there's two guests in. I just think they're a lot of fun, and, you know, we get some entertainment out of it. And that's what the show's all about.
6: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, the one with A-Ray, the one with Phil and Alex, you know, they're all really fun. Um, And I think it gives uh, the fans a little bit more inside knowledge about you know, the people who they're actually listening to. Mm -hmm. And this is my point when it like when they were asking those questions to Steve about the Blue Jays, I had not even the slightest remote clue to a single answer to any of the things that he was being asked. Same, you know, and it's like the people listening to the show are probably except maybe some Canadians, but no one knows the answer to those. So it's not as fun.
2: I, I, that's why I felt the same way. I just didn't know any of them. And then the, the, the bets ones, I was like, Oh, I know that, you know, like I was more in. So I agree with you. Um, I am impressed with his knowledge. Like Steve just retains knowledge with stuff he's into. He just retains it so well.
6: Yeah, no, he totally does. He, yeah. he is, you know, that's why he's so good at his job. He I retains agree that stuff and is able to, uh, bring it up far down the road.
2: Yeah. All right. Last thing I want to talk to you about is just riding the Honda, man. How, how do you feel about the 22 Honda so far? Are you getting comfortable on it? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts?
6: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been really good. Um, they all made comments, you know, Steve made a comment about my suspension. It was a little soft when I first got it and I just got a new setting and, you know, we're making huge steps in the right direction. And uh, Jason's going to come down here in a week or so, I think, and do some more testing with me and, yeah man i I love it everyone seems to think i look good on it and uh, i feel really good on it we're putting in laps doing some motos and uh just working on me being better so um i i really couldn't be happier with where i'm at and you know trying to progress
2: good to hear man i i definitely I, i said on here maybe it was on my show i don't remember but at the races i come to i plan on spending a lot of time at sgb with the two
6: of you being there I just enjoy the ride, man. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a pit. I think it's
2: going to be a lot of fun. It's it's always good with a Ray, but with you two being in the same truck, uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be entertaining. I uh, can't wait for it. Uh, I want to thank all of our sponsors, motorsport.com guts, racing, Michelin, bicycle tires and seal savers all on board with the pulp mix wrap up show. I also want to thank all the other Pulp MX Show sponsors. If you guys want links or d- discount codes, hit up pulpmxshow.com for the uh, sponsor Deals tab. And l- use those links. If you need one that's not there, hit up Steve on- through email. Uh, other than that, guys, I think it's a wrap. Cade, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything that I didn't touch on that stood out to you?
6: No, nah, man, I think you covered it all. You're pretty good at your job.
2: <laughs> well, maybe that's why I got that massive raise
6: this year. Is that what it was? I didn't know
2: i don't know why i got it i just know i got a raise
6: yeah no no i it, i mean, I'm just giving you a hard time i feel I'm like glad you, i'm glad you got a raise
2: i feel like it was just like my the, the amount of money was so small to steve that he was like yeah, i don't really need this i'll just throw it dark side's way
6: yeah no i i hear you but
2: it's, it's cool i appreciate it so anyway all right guys that's a wrap we're out why would you want to talk, re-talk about the pulp show
4: See yeah. yeah.